Western travelers have been walking the Annapurna circuit for years. It's a breathtaking and difficult journey through central Nepal. The Annapurna region is a landscape of 20,000 foot peaks, precipitous valleys and no roads at all. Little power and little money penetrate the hills. Still, it is changing with every year that passes and every person who visits. My husband Aaron and I made the trek as part of our honeymoon. This is our record of Annapurna, as it was in 2001. Aaron is a sound artist. He makes field recordings when we travel. These are the sounds that he recorded while we trekked. My name is Bronwyn. I'm a journalist and a dancer. These are my memories. Trekking is its own very physical way of life. For three weeks, we walked up and down mountains, over rivers, and through dozens of small villages. Every day, there was nothing to do but walk, walk, and look, and listen. We slept in tea houses, the small family-run hotels that cater to travelers in the hills. People ask us if trekking was hard, if traveling in general was hard. The hardest thing is remembering what you experience. Recently, Aaron asked me, what do I remember about our trek? This is what I remember. Listen. A song. I remember about 15 minutes into our trek, two little boys asking us for one pen and then for money. Then when that failed, 
trying on our sunglasses and laughing at each other. One chance, they kept saying. When they asked where we were going, Aaron answered in Nepali, Bule Bule Jane, which means going to Bule Bule. And before long, it turned into a little song, and the four of us were crossing the Mars Yangdi River on a metal suspension bridge, singing Bule Bule Jane, Bule Bule Jane, Bule Bule Jane, Bule Bule Jane. A clock. I remember staying the first night in a lodge owned by a Swiss man and a Nepali woman and their two adorable daughters. In the dining room, there was a clock on the wall with these funny chimes that sounded like something out of a video game. Wandering Minstrels. I remember pressing on, as Aaron likes to say, in Chamje, not stopping at the first hotel like I wanted to, but then getting rewarded by passing a house and hearing singing and Serengi playing inside. We, of course, stopped in our tracks and lingered by the door to listen. Someone saw us and gestured for us to come in. It was two men who were wandering minstrels, Gundarvas, they're called, playing folk music for a dark room full of adults and children. One of the guys wore very nice leather shoes. The river. I remember the Mars Yangdi River, walking along it and sometimes over it on these narrow suspension bridges that swung and moved as you made your way across. I remember how huge and furious it was at points, and how immense some of the rocks were. The smaller ones were refrigerator-sized. The bigger ones could be whole buildings, or buses, or planes. Under one bridge, a water demon was supposed to live. 
chanting. I remember hearing chanting voices coming out of a lodge alongside the trail. A woman standing by the door saw that we looked curious and invited us in. It was a dark room with a creamy, smoky smell of butter lamps. There was a table that must have had more than a hundred of them burning on it, off to one side. Along one of the walls, five people in robes were sitting, chanting from books. I think there were three monks and two nuns. From time to time, the nuns spun drums with one hand. The drums beat themselves with tethered balls. I remember having an excruciating saddle sore from the backpack on my left hip and butt. It hurt so bad at one point I cried. altitude headache when we reached windy Nawal. We had a late lunch there, unnerved by the wind. The houses there had colorful prayer flags, which never seemed to just hang. They were always furiously flapping in the wind. People hang prayer flags, so the wind that blows through them will carry a blessing. We wished the blessings would cure my headache. Toddlers laugh. I remember stopping for a rest on a bench outside a tea shop where some young children and an adult were singing something out of a school book. 
and mountain goat kids were gambling around, jumping and baying. I made the toddlers laugh by imitating the goat with my hand. Donkey trains. I remember the recurring sound of bells from the donkey trains carrying various loads along the trail. Sometimes, depending on the terrain, we would catch just an echo of donkey bells way off in the distance. And then we might not hear it at all for a while, but after rounding a corner, there it would be, louder, and eventually we would see the donkeys and their herders. Often we would have to stop and get off the trail to let them pass. Some of the donkeys were decked out with strips of bright colored fabric hanging down from their harnesses or a square of festive carpet-like material hanging across their foreheads. Monastery. I remember Bagarchop, this village that had been half destroyed by a landslide in the mid 90s. I remember visiting a small but very vibrant feeling monastery there. We were welcomed in to listen to the monks doing their morning chanting. Someone even brought us tea. Some of the monks were very young. I noticed that most of them were wearing tennis shoes. a stream outside the monastery, and someone had built a water-powered grain grinder over it. It looked like a small wooden shed straddling the stream. You could see how a water paddle was causing this big bowl with grain in it to spin around and around and around. A wooden arm with a large stone attached to it would jiggle in the bowl and crush the grain. Thank you. 
huge Tibetan crow. I remember being startled by the bizarre sounds made by a huge Tibetan crow hopping across a high field. Aaron stalked it for a few minutes, trying to record it. Every time he got close, it would hop away, then croak at him in scorn. I remember climbing up a big hill in Manang to get blessed by the Lama who lives in a cave with his wife. The way it works is you give him five bucks and he gives you a blessing for a safe crossing over the Thuranla Pass, which he did. Being blessed also helped to counteract the grumpiness we were feeling toward each other that day. Namaste. Namaste. Thank you. Good luck. Good luck. Purungla? Yes. Purungla, Eastern, Purungbas, Purungbas, Muktina, Tongsam, Pogra, Kadmundu, America. Good luck. Purungla, no problem. No problem. I hope. Namaste. Money walls and prayer wheels. I remember all the money walls, walls made of stones carved with mantras. There would usually be one at the beginning and end of each village. We'd come across them in the middle of nowhere, too. At arm's height, many of the walls had squeaky cylindrical prayer wheels, which were painted or embossed with mantras. They had smooth, well-worn wooden handles, so you could spin them as you walked by to disperse their prayers into the world. Some of them were made from coffee cans. I remember feeling compelled to spin every single one as we passed. The wind in the trees
I remember after one sweaty climb, finding ourselves in this pine forest that reminded me a lot of summer camp. On one side of the valley, bare rock walls climbed a thousand feet to the snow line. Occasionally, when the wind fell still, we heard the jingle bells of distant horses. Posters. I remember these posters that we would see in lots of the tea houses. One of them was a woman in a fuchsia sari with what looked like a dark scarf around her neck, but if you looked at it more closely, you saw that it was a small black goat. Most of them showed houses, mansions really, with some idyllic natural setting, mountains, a stream, and usually flowers in the foreground. Some of them had sayings on them. One of them said, home is where, when you go there, they have to. I remember waking up in the village of Yak Karka to snow, but no yaks. The next night, though, we were practically surrounded by them. We spent an entire afternoon studying them from a safe distance. They're notoriously ornery. Aaron and I have a soft spot for animals with that much fur. When it was close to freezing, Aaron went outside to record them sleeping in the moonlight. The Cook's Boombox I remember killing time in Thorong Petty High Camp, the last town before the Thorong La Pass, and the highest and most difficult day of the whole trek. We were the only ones to stay there two nights because of sudden snow and bad visibility. Everyone else just went over the pass anyway. We spent an entire day in the only warm place, the one-room lodge where guides and porters played carom, and the cook's boombox played warped Hindi pop tapes. I remember feeling kind of proud for doing the right thing and not just setting out because everyone else was going. There were stories about trekkers who had gotten lost and perished, and I also remember Aaron anguishing over it, 
Why is nobody else staying? Why aren't they worried? He would say. fountain of sorts. I remember how the back wall of the Shiva temple in Muktinath was a fountain of sorts, with all in a row 108 likenesses of the head of the divine bull Nandi built into it, and water pouring out of their mouths. Each fountainhead was slightly different from the others. Some were friendly, some were stern. All of them were ice cold. If you bathed under them, all of them, it was supposed to wash away your bad karma. Animist figures. I remember the animist male stone figure with the exaggerated phallus in Kagbeni. There was a female figure too. She had pubic hair. She was much smaller. She didn't have her own nook like Penis Man did. A crowded ceremony took place in the male figure's nook to celebrate the Buddha's birthday. Monks from the nearby monastery chanted, drummed, and played horns made from shells and bones. the ceremony, they threw ash in the air, which rained down on the figure. in the wind.
I remember feeling completely unhinged by the heavy winds that were oppressing us along the trek through the riverbed to Jomsum. I knew I was losing it when I started playing chicken with a pack horse coming toward us on the trail. There was a slightly less well-established trail just off to the side, and I remember thinking, you know, this time the four-footer is moving for me. But I lost. I moved. huge prayer wheel. I remember climbing lots and lots of steps, spinning lots and lots of prayer wheels as I climbed to see a monastery in Marpa. At the top, there was an entry hall with a huge prayer wheel, probably five feet tall, that would ring a bell as it went around. And it kept going around because there was an old woman sitting there who was giving it an occasional spin. She was constantly murmuring mantras, and she would say namaste from time to time, as if to greet someone, but not to anyone in particular. Insects. I remember seeing lots and lots of ladybugs, some of them squished on the trail. I remember butterflies in iridescent blue. In the lower valleys, we always heard crickets and cicadas. They hummed and buzzed and made complex phasing rhythm patterns. Chickens in cages.
remember passing a little rest stop with a people tree and a water spigot where a bunch of porters were taking a breather. Their cargo consisted of chickens in stacked cages, and the chickens were making the most unearthly, unchicken-like mewling sounds. houses. I remember the oddness of the trekker tea house relationship. The whole time we were trekking, we stayed in little tea house hotels, usually run by a single family. I always felt like I was invading the family's routine whenever I wanted something, which is odd since running a hotel is their routine. But still, I couldn't help but feel like a big old walking interruption. father and son dragging bamboo down the hill above Tatapani. They were dragging logs at least 10 feet long, maybe 15 feet. You could hear them coming a mile away. getting up at 4.15, all for naught, to make the 40-minute hike up Poon Hill, which is supposed to offer amazing views of Annapurna 1 and Machu Picchara. But by the time the sun rose, all we could see was an invasion of clouds, and the peaks kind of poking up above from time to time.
Annapurna. Annapurna is a goddess, an incarnation of the goddess Lakshmi. Her name means full of grain. She's a symbol of wealth and prosperity. We found wealth in the Annapurna hills, in the obligation to inhabit the moment, to appreciate where we were, simply walking, simply listening. But Annapurna's name is also ironic. Nepal is not wealthy. It's one of the poorest countries in the world. Since we were there, Nepal's problems have only multiplied. It's not clear how easy it will be to go back in the future. But even if we don't go back, at least we have these moments, these memories, and these sounds. It makes me happy to think that in this moment, right now, monks are chanting, yaks are sleeping, donkey bells are ringing, or prayer wheels are spinning. Annapurna, Memories and Sound, was produced by Aaron and Bronwyn Zim. Field recordings by Aaron Zim. Narration recorded at Delicate Ear in San Francisco with assistance from John Eikensier. Okay, I think that's it for now. Namaste.